And so you see, with this week being the 200th edition of the Jerry Anderson Podcast, Marina and I felt we really needed someone quite important to press the button on the randomizer today. Well, that's swell of you guys to put me in the hot seat. Oh, Scott, it is simply unforgivable that we haven't got round to you before now. Forget it. I'm glad we could help. It all looks pretty well organised to me. Well, this section of the podcast is, eh, Marina? Of course, I uh, I can't speak for Jamie and Richard's side of things. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, well, I understand the situation, but th- this is a serious matter, you know. Uh, oh, uh, absolutely, yes. No messing about. Pod 200 isn't the place for that. No, sir. It sure isn't. Well then, Scott, if you'd like to press the button... Sure. Oh, sure, boy. And let's see if we get a diamond or maybe a dud. Yeah, well, that's a pretty terrifying thought. Well, there's the printout, so Scott, if you'd like to tell us what Pod 200 has in store for the randomizer. Oh, for Pete's sake. Oh, that good, eh? The investigator. Ah. Yeah, it looks as though we're beaten this time. Well, yes, it's certainly going to be an interesting one to talk about, and uh, never mind, Scott. We tried, eh? The things I do for international rescue. This is the voice of the future, from a galaxy a million light years away. We have observed your travel planet, and would like to help you. I have selected an Earth boy and girl to assist me. Through John and Julie, I hope to make your world a better place. Yeah, don't count on it. Um, hello everyone, welcome to the randomizer for this 200th edition of the Jerry Anderson Podcast, and... I suppose some introductions are in order, because some of you are probably thinking, what on earth is this? This is a uh, one-off 25-minute pilot film that uh, was shot between series one and two of The Protectors in, I think, 1972. Shot in Malta, using uh, several of the uh, Malta locations that they'd used in The Protectors. This was an attempt to get a new Super Mario Nation series off the ground. As we will see, it didn't quite work out. And straight away, there are several problems. John, that sound. Same as before. Firstly, we are dropped into a situation that we know nothing about. The investigator. And I suppose I can accept it because it, this was meant as a proof of concept. It wasn't really meant to be shown. More easily. You are about to be involved in an adventure with a certain Stavros Karanti. Yeah, I can, I can give the fact that we don't know what's going on a pass. I can't give a pass to the fact that the puppets are absolutely hideous. A man who has made money easily and at the expense of others. Yes, this is a, another hybrid of live action and and Super Mario Nation puppetry. The puppets are produced in the same uh, lifelike proportions as seen in Captain Scarlet. Then you know it is one of the island's proudest art possessions. Unfortunately, they're both absolutely hideous. He is planning to steal it. It, it comes down to one thing, it's the eyes. But how can we stop him? And why us? I don't know what has gone wrong with the eyes. Future. But what can we do against someone like Karanti? We're so helpless like this. They're just solid blobs of colour that catch the light and make the whole character look so sinister. Yes, we have a boy and a girl, John and Julie. Are not beyond hope. But what about your world? Don't you have the same problem? Who have encountered this alien in a cave. Uh, this glowing green light, voiced by Peter Dinley, voice of Jeff Tracy. Uh, you also heard there John and Julie, our two leads, uh, voiced by Shane Rimmer and Sylvia Anderson, who also are responsible for the story for this thing. Um, one of them came up with the idea and the other wrote the script. I can't remember which way round that is. It's been an hour and still nothing. I don't think either of them have much to be proud of here. I don't know. 
But he miniaturized us, so I guess anything's possible. But then nobody has anything much to be proud of here. This is a total disaster from start to finish. How appropriate for the 200th edition of the Jerry Anderson podcast. We could have had something brilliant. Instead, we get... Well, a bright red car. Julie, it's beautiful. It'll make a great toy for the investigator toy line. Yeah, that at least got released, but, um... There are so many gadgets. Yeah, that's the visual scanner. Uh-huh. And this is the sonic detector. Oh, no, that's a knife. Detector? A sort of long-range listening device. But, John, how do you know all this? It's like I always have. I'm just John. How is the investigator talked about? That's what he meant. Oh. Come on, Julie. We've wasted enough time. Oh, I, I, I beg to differ. We've only just started here. Time-wasting is something that this, uh, this special will be quite good at. From there. John! By the way, um, Julie doesn't seem to get any special powers. They mentioned special powers the investigator has given them. Um, can you still hear me? If you haven't figured it out, it's a very noisy car. They are talking to each other during this scene. I can't figure out what on earth they're saying. Okay, here we go. Okay, stop, stop fooling around. Yes, this is a. This is just. Oh dear. It's wonderful. Um, yes, this is a radio-controlled prop car with puppets sat in it, which, if you haven't heard the story, was prone to uh, receiving signals from passing aircraft, causing it to go tearing off out of control and uh, uh, attempt to mow down unsuspecting passers-by. Do you start to see that this is just... Um, I mean, I I've heard some people say they would like a docudrama of like the supermarination era or, or of Jerry and Sylvia's relationship. And that would be fine. But I personally, if you're going down the docudrama route, the reception committee will meet me. there is a superb half hour comedy docudrama in the, the creation of the investigator. Everything either went wrong or w was already wrong. And nothing about this works in any way. Treated to one of the rarest art treasures in the world. Anyway, John and Julie have been dispatched to spy on a yacht, Grant is leaving the yacht. owned by a chap named Caranti, who is a, uh, a dumpy guy Better head him off to Medina. trying to steal some kind of art thingy, I think from a church. He's played by an actor, Charles Thake, uh, the legend that is Charles Thake. We've heard from him in The Protectors before. He had two lines as a policeman and that was like, oh yes, you're going to be the villain in our little... Malta thing. I'm <sighs> just watching this car. Watching this radio-controlled car tearing up the road. Again, it, 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 this is one of the things that makes the idea of a comedy docudrama work for me because I'm, I'm so much more interested in the, the story of how this was filmed than the final product. I would just love to see some, some dramatization of, of this radio-controlled monstrosity tearing through a marketplace and plowing into innocent people. And again, here's something brilliant. They're, they're hiding their car in a, a stable. This horse has watched it go, and both the horse and some goats that they passed earlier, they look really nervous when they see this thing coming towards them. They look genuinely tense. And I don't blame them, considering that um, evidently it was... <laughs> it had its heart set on just destroying any living being that it uh, it came into range of. So, we're now on location. Uh, we're in Medina, um, in, well, just outside this church. 
Um, about a mile away from the camera, Mr. Caranti and some other people are greeting each other and then going into the church. Meanwhile, the two puppets are positioned near a cannon. Okay. As you will um, see, this beautiful 17th century... And I, you know, I, I like The Secret Service, which this is obviously uh, yeah, reprising the idea of the live-action Super Mario Nation hybrid. I like The Secret Service, I really do. This way. And I think they were wise in that, on the whole, to not try location filming with the puppets. Here. And now, for the island's most treasured art possession. As you know, Signor Caranti has donated a valuable icon. This is just Exhibit A in why that was a smart move. Oh my goodness. And Charles Stake, lovely close-up of Charles Stake there, nodding. I cannot, I cannot stress enough how much this guy does not light up the screen in any way. And I think it's, I think it's nice idea to get someone who I presume was, was local, was a, a resident of Malta, I guess, to play the villain. I just find it strange that, um... The least we can do is to reassure you by acquainting you with our security. Well, they, they, they didn't use, um... Now they'll tell him an English artist that they were more familiar with. I think this would have... I don't think it would have saved it. But it would have been helped enormously if you had put... Ah, that's, that's a disconcerting, uh, scene transition there. If, imagine if you put someone like Patrick Allen or Maxwell Shaw. What's Maxwell Shaw doing? Just, if you cast one of those two as the villain, it wouldn't save the program, but um, it would certainly liven things up a bit to have um, well, a, a decent actor for these puppets to go up against. Instead, we just have Charles Thake shot from, again shot from about a mile away i don't know what this program's problem is with uh inside and we still don't know when they'll say to there getting up close to the actors is only we had a boat but we have julie a special one all part of the investigator service that's another of my powers julie i know that we have a boat and here it is <laughs> julie's power is i guess well they are nebulous and undefined and seem to extend just to Oh, I wish we had a thing. And then John says, ah, but we have the thing. So, while Mr. Caranti... That's it. The whole thing shouldn't take more than half an hour. ...and his chum plot the best way into the church to steal the uh, art thingy that they want. John and Julie. Well, they were conducting surveillance outside. Unfortunately, Julie chose to rest her foot on a glass, and she knocked the glass over. Julie is not very good at anything, as we are going to discover through the course of this, although John is not much better. Oh, yeah, here we go. Another another wonderful example of um, live action and, and puppetry in the same shot just failing to integrate. They, When you see them in the same frame together, you see them for what they are. You've got human beings and you've got puppets. And the fact that these are so terrible puppets... Let's waste no more time. There's no one here. It doesn't help. But I'm sure if you put Captain Scarlet or Scott Tracy or whoever in there, it still wouldn't look particularly convincing. So, our villains is um, Mr. Caranti has a, a, a pal working with him. John, I was so scared. And useless. 
They've now left the, the yacht, and this is, I believe, the same yacht that appeared in several of the Maltese episodes of The Protectors, owned by the, the Contessa. You better give them a head start, John. Again, if it is the same yacht, it looked so much nicer in The Protectors than it does here. So, John and Julie are off in pursuit of Mr. Carranti. Oh, I don't like that, that scene transition where they just whipped the camera around and put a the sound of a plane going over. That doesn't quite work. Neither does the sight of this poor old... As with the car, the boat is radio controlled. It works slightly better than the car. But, the, again, these are supposed to be two agents, essentially, conducting secret surveillance. And they have been issued the noisiest vehicles in the history of the world. Somehow they get away with it. Oh god, here they're, they're back in the car now. When do you think zero hour will be? It'll be tonight, that's for sure. I mean, even I was getting uh, uncomfortable there as they parked the car. It was pointed straight at the camera. Well, it's now night time at the uh, nice museum-y, churchy place with the thing that uh, Garanti wants to steal. Perhaps something's gone wrong. Maybe they won't come tonight. Everything's gone wrong, Julie. But wait, Julie. I've got a feeling it won't be too long. It's another of my powers, Julie. Did you hear that? You wouldn't know that because you don't have any. Ah. Yes, it's now night time and we are shooting at night. Uh, surprisingly, we're not trying day for night. Gotta warn him, John. There's just no way. You'd think he was having a nightmare if he saw us. We all think we're having a nightmare when we see you. Those eyes. You're hideous. When we've carried out our mission for the investigator. You know I... Julie, it's them. Oh, not them. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> they look like they were waiting to be told action. Um, oh dear. These poor actors. Oh, the score is getting twangy. A bit sexy there. As, um... The security guard. They've attacked him. Henchman has attacked security guard. Oh, and I've got to say again, although I've already said it, this is a really good example of what I was saying earlier with the puppet's eyes. He's not too bad. Shot at night. I mean, some of this might be might be day for night. Inside the church. But the, the darkness just illuminates the puppet's eyes, turns them into these hideously reflective orbs. There's a close-up shot of John there. It's just this radiant blue. There's nothing to get attached to with these characters. Even the fact that it's it's Shane Rimmer and, and Sylvia Anderson. <sighs> More expert surveillance, John decided to stand on the organ. Which has, needless to say, scared the bad guys. Oh, he's doing it on purpose. Okay. Wait. Has it scared them off? No. No, they're going to carry on while he's doing that. Is this the hospital? Who's calling, please? It doesn't matter who I am. But I must have... There's a man injured. Injured? Yes, that's right. Seriously? A head wound. Where are you calling from? He looked directly at me and turned to stone. Yep, so Carranti has got the uh, painting out of the frame. John is now on a... Uh, on a suspended candelabra thingy. Just swinging backwards and forwards. Look out! What? Oh, right. The uh, very slow-moving candelabra that's actually nowhere near us. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Oh, Charles Thake making a speedy getaway. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He's just not built for to be the villain in an action show. John. And of course, they've they shot at John. And he fell off the swinging candelabra thingy. Will he be all right? Well, let's find out. Oh. Well, it's next morning before the air ambulance arrives to find the unconscious guard. I shot. I thought Karandi had killed you. He fired in a panic. He missed. How long was he... I fell off anyway. Just before the police... I had to create some kind of dramatic tension for what we're going to pass off as the advert break cliffhanger. Come on. Right, so, Karanti has got the painting that he set out for. Um, he's just dropped off his henchman. I think that might be him out of the picture. But of course, the investigator mobile is on the trail. What Scanner tells us. Not much. Oh no, they found him. There he is, John. Yes, one car on that sole stretch of road that their incredible TV screen in the car managed to pick up. And they've sped up the uh, footage of the car here. One thing I do like here, though, is this... Um, oh, God. Sorry, that car. Every time we cut to that car with the engine roaring, it's just... And the fact as well that it's clearly not anywhere near the same road that Karanti is on. It's just whatever footage they had available afterwards. But I really like a lot of the uh, John Cameron incidental score. Which isn't really surprising considering quite a bit of it comes from the protectors this track in particular was from the uh, the two-parter wham i think some of the music we hear here though is is original probably not much anyway john and julie have roared their way to the airport i believe they are going to secure themselves aboard the plane that Mr. Caranti is going to use to get his uh, painting out of the country. You're right. This is Caranti's plane. Mm. Quick, Julie. Operate the remote control and get the car back out of sight. Uh-oh. Car's under remote control. Run for your lives. The car is moving. Has no driver. Oh. <laughs> I just imagine it crashing into a plane um like a like one of the recovery vehicles in not recovery vehicles elevator cars in uh, trapped in the sky crashing into a plane at london airport oh they've just parked it round the corner that that shouldn't that shouldn't take long to find here he comes anyway mr cranty is now boarding the plane Unbeknownst to him, John and Julie are on board. Now, uh, one thing I, I, I'm not sure if I've really touched on here, I've probably mentioned it in passing. John and Julie, obviously being puppets, they, their characters, it's pretty pleased with yourself. suggested that these are human teenagers who have been shrunk to one-third normal size in order to help them carry out their missions for the investigator more efficiently. Possession, not a work of art. It does. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it beyond the fact that it allows this. Where's it coming from? Live-action puppetry hybrid to to take place. It doesn't work, and I don't think this story makes enough of the idea. You don't really get an impression of why 
This is so important that they have to be shrunk at all times. If it was one power they had, and they had some control over it, then fine. But here it's like, no, you are permanently shrunk. You will do the bidding of the investigator. Ask no questions. Right, Julie. And here's another great example of this not working. Um, Caranti, having taken off from Malta, is now flying over fields in England because they they just ran out of time to get all of the shots in that they needed. So we've gone from a blue, perfect blue clear sky in Malta, and also in close-up shots of Caranti, to the most overcast, rain-heavy clouds that you, that you can imagine. Anyway, they've uh, taken control of the plane by remote, doing lots of loop-the-loops with it, and um, Caranti, being such a terrifying and um, effective villain, is basically wetting himself in terror. Mercy. Have mercy. Okay, Julie. I think he's had enough. Mm, I think we all have by this point. For mercy, Caranti. You've shown little of it throughout your life. But once you've got a chance to do some good. Again, it's it's telling us what he's done without showing anything to back it up. And I would compare that to um to Ralph Clayton in See You Down There, where they run off this whole list of bad things that he's done. But you actually see him do a couple of bad things, so we understand, oh, this is important, this guy has to be stopped. Here it's just chunky guy um is bad. He stole a painting. Okay, that that's that's quite naughty. But beyond that, I don't really care what he's done. And that's it. The police have arrested him. Ah, uh, so, all, all's well and good. Special day. We have much to give thanks for. We're now back in the church. The return uh, of our precious... Julie is watching a... Uh, restore to its right. the, the priest give a sermon. She's just completely un... Unconcealed. For our church Looks like almost like she's about to uh, to, to give a, a reading or something. Where's John? Greed defeated in the face of justice. He's um, climbed onto a bell, and he's pulling the bell because remember he's a top secret agent that doesn't need any attention drawn to what he's doing in case people start freaking out because he's a horrible, freakish puppet. So that's why he's ringing the bells and uh, drawing as much attention as he can to himself. You see why this isn't working? Um, and again, as I said, it, it, this was never meant to be broadcast. It was just a proof of concept for, for the Andersons to show to their friend George Heinemann, who was, uh, I think, controller of children's programs at NBC, to say, look, here's an example of something we could do. Your strange civilization. And in the end, they never showed it to him. That, of course, is the whole idea. Because everyone involved with it saw that it was a complete and total disaster. And it now only, uh, well, it's available on the Lost Worlds of Jerry Anderson DVD, for those who uh, fancy a look. But I would love, again, I would love to see a docudrama based on the filming of this and then the post-mortem. I just have this vision of of Jerry and Sylvia sat together afterwards, right? Jerry, what did we learn? Well, we learned we really shouldn't take the puppets on location. We really shouldn't try to film remote control vehicles near airfields. And we really, really, really shouldn't make any more of the investigator. <laughs> 